This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, July 21st. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Here's today's headlines. Extending the whip. Senators to hear appeals on farm workers and ag groups push ocean and rail fixes. Lawmakers look at revising ag disaster program. A major but temporary agriculture disaster program could be in for some revisions. The Wildfire and Hurricane Indemnity Program Plus, or WIP Plus, provided assistance to producers for losses in 2018 and 2019. Now the House and Senate Agriculture Committees are looking at an extension of WIP Plus with changes that could be included in an end-of-the-year spending bill AgriPulse has learned. States like mine have had significant amount of flooding, and then you have other states that are really suffering from drought, said Arkansas Senator John Bozeman, the top Republican of the Senate Ag Committee. So we're very concerned about trying to get a vehicle such that we can provide them some relief. Bozeman said he's working on the issue with top Republican of the Senate Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee, John Hoven of North Dakota. A spokesman for Hoven said he's, quote, exploring all viable opportunities to deliver this important relief. Leader of UN Food Summit stresses country-led solutions. The leader of the UN Food Systems Summit says the European Union won't be able to use the initiative to dictate changes in global agriculture. Farm groups are concerned that EU environmental concerns are going to shape the outcome of the initiative. But Agnes Calabata, the UN Special Envoy for the initiative, tells AgriPulse that the focus is instead on getting countries to craft commitments to address the issues in their own countries. This process is global, Calabata said in an interview. It is not led by any particular group of people. It's not led by any group of countries. A pre-summit meeting will be held next week online and in person in Italy. For more on our interview with Calabata, read this week's AgriPulse newsletter. We also look at Democrats' plans for a carbon border tax and USDA's battle against a devastating grasshopper infestation across the West. Senators put focus on farm workers. The Senate Judiciary Committee is holding a hearing today to highlight the importance of immigrant farm workers. The witnesses will include the National Pork Producers Council, President Jen Sorensen. She'll testify about the labor shortage affecting farms and processing plants. She'll also urge Congress to open the H-2A visa program to year-round labor without a cap, the group says. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack will also testify, along with farmers from Illinois and Oregon. Former United Farm Workers President Arturio Rodriguez and a Labor Department official. By the way, farm workers continued to make less in 2020 than workers with even minimal education. The Economic Policy Institute says in an analysis of wage data, Ag workers made 14.62 an hour on average, and H-2A workers made less, 13.68 an hour, writes EPI Director of Immigration Law and Policy Research, Daniel Costa. 
using wage data from USDA's Farm Labor Survey, as well as non-farm data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Costa found that U.S. workers with less than a high school education made 15.06 an hour in 2020, and workers with just a high school diploma made a little more than $20 an hour. A nominal increase in the price that consumers pay for fruits and vegetables, $25 per family per year, would raise farm worker wages by 40% and lift many out of poverty, Costa says. We'll have more. AgriPulse Daybreak. After this, Dairy Management Incorporated serves America's 34,000 plus dairy farmers and dairy importers by managing research and marketing programs aimed at promoting dairy consumption and protecting the good image of dairy farmers, dairy products, and the dairy industry. Funded entirely by dairy farmers, DMI has distinguished itself as a strategic consultant and valuable resource to businesses and organizations in the food and beverage sector that seek to increase sales and raise their image through the innovative use of dairy and dairy ingredients. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Ag Group proposes fix to China container trade woes. More and more, U.S. ag exporters are unable to get their goods shipped from California ports as Chinese exporters pay premiums to have their containers returned empty. It's created a major problem for U.S. farmers who need to get their rice, pork, almonds, walnuts, and other commodities to Asia. But the Agriculture Transportation Coalition says it has a plan to address the problem and support a fix for Capitol Hill. A discussion draft produced by the group would, quote, require carriers to carry export cargo if it can be carried safely, if it arrives at the marine terminals timely to be loaded, and if it's being sent to a destination to which the carrier is already scheduled. That provision and others, the group says, has been included in legislation being crafted by Representatives John Garamandi, a Democrat of California, and Dusty Johnson, a Republican of South Dakota. Ag groups push for more rail competition. More than 30 farm groups are urging the Surface Transportation Board to finalize a rule proposed in 2016 to enable shippers to request competing bids from nearby rail carriers. The executive order on competition that President Biden issued earlier this month specifically asked the STB to consider issuing such a rule. Competitive switching would allow a grain elevator served by one railroad to seek a bid from a rival carrier that is within a certain distance. The absence of effective competition in the rail industry also has a significant impact on prices for the agricultural industry, resulting in decreased farm gate prices for crops and increased crop input and feedstock prices, the groups say in a letter to the STB. The Association of American Railroads continues to oppose the rule. In some cases, traffic will move significantly out of route to reach an efficient interchange location. That according to a 2016 filing by the rail group. USTR, Mexican minister to talk USMCA. Mexican Economy Secretary Tatiana Cluthier 
arrives in D.C. today for talks on the implementation of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Cloutier is scheduled to depart Friday after meetings with U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, lawmakers and business representatives, according to a statement released last evening by the Mexican Embassy. The topics of the meetings will be related to the economic integration of the North American region, specifically in the agriculture sector, supply chain resilience, the opportunities and challenges of the implementation of the USMCA, and the promotion of a solid automotive industry within the trilateral agreement between Mexico, the United States, and Canada, according to the statement. BASF defends EPA herbicide decision. BASF says it stands by EPA's decision on trifluoridemoxazin marketed as Terexor, a herbicide the agency approved in May for a wide variety of crops, including soybeans and corn. The herbicide is the subject of a lawsuit filed July 16th by the Center for Biological Diversity in the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. BASF said in a response to AgriPulse Tuesday that it strongly disagrees with the allegations of a lawsuit which alleges EPA did not do enough to prevent spray drift. Here's today's He Said It. We have continued up to this point robbing Peter to pay Paul, which means we have less resources available to do the management that is absolutely necessary. That's Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack on a Forest Service funding crunch caused by the soaring cost of fighting fires. He said the Trump administration didn't utilize a fix that Congress made to the funding issue. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, July 21st. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.